Welcome back. Welcome in to the Line Share Podcast. We're on Pro Bowl Sunday today. We got the news this week. Running it back. Unfinished business is the motto for 2024 Lions. It's the uh, redemption arc year, some are calling it. They've got both the coordinators back. So we're going to talk about everything that's happened since the last time we talked to you all, fine folks, the shareholders. Uh, we're glad you're here on this Sunday, a week ahead of the Super Bowl. We're going to talk coordinators coming back, coaches coming back, free agents, have a little table, have a little discussion of all the unrestricted free agents between the three of us on who we think we want back, who we want to walk, and eh, maybe for the right price. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about off-season stuff, and then on Wednesday's episode, we'll be dedicated to the Super Bowl preview. We're not going to talk about the Super Bowl at all in this episode. So, back as always with the boys. Guys, it's the first Sunday without football, so I just got to do a welfare check. How is everybody doing without football? Uh, I'm not good. I'm at a loss. I, I'm actually exercising, so that can tell you something of where we're at. I, yeah, it's just kind of boring. Like, there's just no, I, I guess we've got some highlights of the lines that are at the the Pro Bowl, which is fine, I suppose. But I feel like football is dead for me this season, which is it's sad to say that I'm checked out a, a full week early. Yeah, I'm just ready for next season at this point. Probably the most excited we've we've been for another season. Last year was pretty exciting about the ramp up with the big finish in Lambeau in the last week of the regular season, but this time it really feels like uh, we're, I, I was already looking at ahead of next year, already looking at the schedule for next year, already looking at what I was going to rank some of these teams in the next you know big prediction show that we do. I was already thinking about who's going to come out in the AFC, who's going to come out in the NFC, and uh, obviously the Lions at the top of that list. So a lot of promise, a lot of guys coming back, a lot of coaches coming back. So let's talk about the big news of the week, which was, Ben Johnson back, took uh, took a big interview with several teams. The Commanders and the Seahawks were the last two down, and uh, the Lions are unscathed. They get Brent, Ben Johnson back, and they get Aaron Glenn back. So both coordinators back, all the coaching staff back. Um, what, does that, what does that mean to you guys about having both the coordinators back? Obviously, we had some fear uh, about at least losing one of these guys. The biggest thing for me is that even if we don't get, uh, even if we don't get two corners in free agency or the draft, you know, if we get one big name, I think, I think regardless, you've got guys that are now in the system longer, and you're not changing things up, and it just gives you longer to develop in what Aaron Glenn's trying to do. It definitely raises expectations for next year. I think we kind of got, went into the offseason expecting to lose Ben Johnson, which is going to hurt, but. Um, you know, I know Dan talked about it. It's, it's, they may never get back to the point that they were this year, but, uh, it definitely raises the bar for next year. And I, I agree with Andrew. I think, you know, they got to get the talent to back it back up, uh, AG on defense, but, uh, I'm more hopeful for the defense next year. Andrew, you made a big claim last year. I think you were calling for a top five defense, top three defense for this season. Obviously that didn't pan out, but, uh, if Aaron Glenn's back, if they get some more talent like Mitch alluded to, do you think that actually comes true this year? Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those pieces of baloney that didn't quite stick, uh, as, as one may say. Uh, I think 
I think what everybody else would say, and they were America's team for a while, is they were a cornerback away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, usually you're having that conversation about a quarterback away, and the Lions were a corner cornerback away. You don't often have that discussion, but that's what it was, and that's what it was all year. We knew that was going to be the bugaboo, and it was uh, see if they go the route of free agency or if they go more draft heavy on the secondary, but obviously a big point of emphasis as well as defensive line help off the edge to add that in there. Um, you know, uh, across the board on defense could, could the bar could be raised for sure. Uh, offense sitting pretty good at this point and, uh, we'll see what they do with old G Jared Goff. And you could also say, you know, for, for the biggest value in, in a long time, Detroit is a landing spot for free agents without a doubt on the top of many lists for, for players out there, obviously Dan Campbell bringing a lot of those guys in and then the success on top of that from this season, why not? Why wouldn't you want to be in Detroit and maybe take a little bit more of a team friendly offer to, uh, to do so it's, it's gotta be a top destination. Um, did you guys see the he said he's well, let me let me try this. The he said she said with the Washington commanders between them and Ben Johnson. You know, Ben Johnson's camp kind of came out and said that they weren't impressed uh, with the Washington front office, that they were more basketball focused, didn't have the football IQ. And then you see the commanders come out and say that he didn't interview well. And I uh, also saw that he, allegedly he got more offered more money to be the head coach of the commanders than Dan Campbell's getting paid to be the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Hey, did they actually offer him the, the position? See, that's that's the thing. No one really knows. That's the rumor. Well, I, if he was offered the role, then interview bad or not, you thought he was good enough to do the job. Yeah, I, it's definitely dramatic. Right. Like you don't usually get anything like this. Um, I don't it just it seems weird. I'm not really sure what to think about it. I I personally think it's probably more so Ben Johnson didn't want to go and the commanders are scrambling a little bit to be like, well, we didn't want that guy anyway, because they have to at a certain point. They have to figure out a way to save face with Dan Quinn. Like, well, no, this is who we really wanted. Uh, I could see. See it both ways. It's weird, though. Who who cares? Let's all act like adults here. I do believe Washington will be on the schedule next year. Yeah, I think you're correct. Don't have that in front of me right now, but I think I think I saw W on the uh, on the old 2024 season. Could be wrong though. Did you guys see that? Uh, Hendon Hooker has been living with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was too. I don't know the logistics of that. Uh, obviously, now Teddy has moved on. Teddy will be coaching uh, the high school team. Can't can't remember the name of the high school, but you know, retired from the NFL. So I don't think that uh, that relationship is probably going to go on. But yeah, what a cool story to have your your quarterback in waiting, as you like to call him, living with a with a with the old wily vet that is Teddy Bridgewater. That's pretty cool. We do not have a football team from Washington on the schedule for for this upcoming or next next season. Let me ask you guys this though: Dallas Cowboys at AT and T Stadium again. How the fuck does that happen? Who? Uh, how does that happen? I don't know. There's a there's a whole Twitter okay. account. Excuse me, X account 
that's uh, dedicated to the whole inner workings about how the schedule happens. It's based on where you land in your conference or your division, I should say. And then, yeah, I don't, I don't know how the home and the away works, but yeah, once again, going down to Dallas. I think they win that. I think they finally get a win in Dallas next year. Uh, early, way too early prediction. I'm going to take the Lions over the Cowboys there. As well as uh, then the other big hint uh, or other big storyline was Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit as well. That will be uh, that will be interesting after the playoff atmosphere. That will be different, I'm sure. Does he get booed again? <laughs> I think at this point you got to you got to lean into it. Uh, at this point, you can't cheer him now. Double down. Yeah, you can't cheer him now. Got the 49ers on the road. Absolutely. Yeah, I got the 49ers on the road too. Obviously, just just played there over in Levi. Going to have that one. That's going to be a tough one. But the good news is only three outdoor games total for next season. One of those being Levi Stadium, as well as, you know, of course, the the Packers and the Bears. Two, two outdoor stadiums there in the NFC North. But that's incredible to only have three outdoor games. It's actually hard to even imagine. Especially for this team. This team looks better indoors, no doubt about it. The Detroit Domers, you could call them, I guess. The, they play well in the Dome. They play well at home. Yeah, the, yeah. wait. Why did I say that? That's crazy. Tommy, actually cut that. Um, how about this dude from Tennessee? Terrell Williams, defensive line coach, coming in to, to coach the defensive line as well as the run game coordinator. Kind of a weird combination uh, uh, title for him to have. But from everything I've read, I haven't read super, super deep into this, but a Mike Rabel guy, we like that. And uh, the, the, the talks around the league sound like this is a top-notch hire for the Lions. You had me at Rabel guy. I think that makes him an automatic locker room fit for, for Dan Campbell. Hammer on nail, Mitchell. Uh, I didn't really know a ton about it, so it'd be uh, not right for me to say a ton. But if he's a Vrabel disciple, I think we got one. Hopefully, Vrabel finds a home somewhere, maybe an advisor. I don't know. Detroit seems to be a nice place. Yeah, what is going to happen with, with old Rabes? That's the question right now. Like, where does he find a home? And if so... He takes a step down, obviously, at this point, but that, that's what head coaches do. But you typically step down into a coordinator position. I don't know if there's any that are left available other than, actually, none that, that come to my head. Mitchell, you'd probably better know, or you, Ben. Um, and then from there, we're, if that's not available, what do you do? Do you take a year go off to, and then go wait? To take the uh, Kingsbury route and just go off to Thailand for a year? Enjoy oh. family. I, and how about that guy? Speaking of commanders and everything, I know I texted you guys, but we, the commanders must have thrown him a bag of money for him to basically be the Raiders lock and then dip out and go to the commanders. You have to think, doesn't Vegas seem like it's way more in Cliff King, Kingsbury's alley than than D.C.? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think 100 percent. Maybe his financial advisor got in his ear and said, buddy, we can't have you in Vegas. That's a recipe for disaster i don't know but i didn't see a whole lot about this i knew you were reacting to it i was away from the online waves but um yeah so he's gonna be the and pickleball he's gonna be what what about football I, I don't know ball you were playing pickleball i was not i was not facts facts speak out uh i was not but so he's going to washington um and then arthur smith to the steelers 
And then who's who's the Raiders OC then? I don't think they have one yet. Oh, that one's still open. I believe so. Now that now that Kingsbury is uh, waffling on his role, yeah. Luke Getzby nearing deal to be Raiders OC after Kingsbury withdraws. So Luke Getzby from the Chicago Bears. Sounds like he's the next guy for the OC job. Anything else from the Lions that we uh, we missed in the last couple weeks? I or last week, I should say. Uh, Other than Pro Bowl shenanigans, not a ton. I did see if you do follow their YouTube page, uh, shareholders. It's it's kind of funny. They just put out uh, in the last couple days the Jack Campbell highlight reel, and uh, uh, his first play pretty decent. It was a nice hit. Second play, I think he tripped and then got back up and like finished off a tackle. And I just laughed when it wasn't a solo tackle. And I love the guy, and I know he's gonna it's gonna be better in year two. But that's why he was consistently one of the lowest graded PFF players on that DF defense. Do you remember which game he tripped in? I, I that rings a bell. I I don't off the top of my head. I didn't even look at jerseys, but it was just it was just funny. As soon as I saw him trip. He was in the background of the play, and I kept thinking, "How is this a highlight? He's on the <laughs> ground, and then, and then it's a broken tackle, and he's able to, and he's able to get it." They do those uh, huddle style where the players create their own highlights. Is that is that what they're doing there in the Lions organization? I don't know. Their YouTube team is pretty good. They're, I mean, you know their team. It's, they usually put pretty good stuff together. So this seemed professional. Did we see uh, St. Brown and Baker doing the dance, Baker's dance, after St. Brown did it in the uh, playoff game? They did it together. That was pretty cool. Good for Baker. Very good for Baker. Very, very much a likable move for him to do that. Um, the only other thing I had here in the notes was uh, I wanted to make a little comparison to the 2018 Chiefs, which is probably a stupid uh, comparison for me to make. But if you want to look about like what could be for the Lions, right? So. In 2017, the Chiefs were on the come up. They had just gotten Mahomes. They had just gotten uh, Eric, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, you know, into that coaching system fully, and uh, had moved on from Alex Smith. So 2017, uh, the Chiefs lost in the divisional round. Uh, 2018, they lost in the AFC Championship to the New England Patriots. An electric game. Went back and watched the uh, the the full highlights from that game. An incredible game uh, there in 2018. But uh, Chiefs had a really good offense. Obviously, the number one, number one ranked offense offense was firing on all cylinders, broke records. Uh, they were incredible. Uh, but their defense was not. Their defense was ranked 24th. And uh, so Lions didn't have a top one defense, but they were a top or a top five offense. But they were they were up there um, in a lot of categories statistically. I believe top five uh, in, in 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 rushing and passing. So not a top one, but uh, their defense was ranked, I believe, 23. So about the same ranked defense as the Chiefs there in 2018. And that's the whole reason the Chiefs couldn't win. They couldn't get a pass rush. And uh, their their DBs were, were not there. They were better than the Lions were this year, but lost to that uh, Patriots team with Brady in overtime uh, and just barely missed the Super Bowl. So uh, if you want to make a little bit of a comparison, that's, that's one comparison you could compare these Lions to. Um, Obviously, the first thing that the Chiefs did was address that defensive situation, bring in some guys 
and uh, sure up that defense. And 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 now you know people calling the Chiefs of this year um, more of a defensive team than an offensive team. We know that they had so many struggles this year with Kadarius Tony and and others uh, in the offensive ranks. So so just throwing that out there. If you want to look at the numbers, some of the n- numbers kind of line up. Um, and obviously, we know what the Chiefs did after 2018. They're they've been a dynasty ever since. It was funny to look back and watch that playoff game in 2018 because no one, everybody loved the Chiefs back then. Now that everybody hates the Chiefs. And uh, when the Chiefs did eventually make the Super Bowl in 2019, that was the first time in 51 years that they had made the Super Bowl. And now they've made, you know, several in a row here and won them. So just saying, put that in your tickler file. 2018 Chiefs, 2023 Lions. Maybe a comparison there. I thought it was a you solid had me a record-wise. Dynasty. And you had me a dynasty. Yeah. Both teams had 12 wins. Obviously, back then, there were 16 games. So, <laughs> Something else for the Tigger file, though. And we you kind of breezed over it. No one wanted Eric Bieniemy as at least OC. Doesn't that seem wild? Like the, I feel like the commanders had a legit offense this year. Considering who they had at quarterback uh, and what the weapons that they had. Right. Right. Feels like he would have revolutionized. Well, it's like he revolutionized uh, offenses, and now that he's used it up, it's like, ah, well, unless you got something new, we don't need you. It feels like he would have been a good fit for the Raiders. Hire him as OC, draft your next quarterback of the future. That would have been that would have been fun to watch. Watch him and Antonio Pierce in uh, in the black and silver. Yeah, if you're uh, we digress. Yeah, I mean, if you're Dan Quinn, I don't know why you wouldn't continue that that relationship. He's already got a rapport with the guys. I don't know. Must be something internal that, uh, or he just felt like he wanted to bring in his own own crew. So they get Cliff Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, still without a job. He was rumored to maybe go to the Raiders, but it looks like he's going to be maybe sitting out there. And who's to say? We're not looking at a future Lions offensive coordinator when Ben Johnson does get that eventual head coaching job there with Eric Bieniemy. I'd welcome that. All right. Vrabel and Bieniemy take a year off. Come come back next year for the Lions. Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson gone. Fill the backfill the positions with none other than Vrabel and Bieniemy. That would be an incredible, incredible move to get both of those guys. All right, let's move on to free agents, shall we? Let me uh, switch over to the Google Doc. We've got, um, I don't know, what do we have about like 20? I think 20 or so unrestricted free agents. Obviously, there's a few more restricted free agents, and then there's like another category where it gets even more complicated. So we're just going to talk about the unrestricted free agents right now. These guys are free to go as they please unless the Lions bring them back. Um, One of them being Teddy Bridgewater. He's obviously moved on, so... So he's off the list, but um, in no particular order here, we've got uh, first on the list, CJ Gardner-Johnson. Obviously, we talked a little bit about this dude in the last episode, and we kind of voiced our displeasure for old CD Deuce. Um, However, a couple days removed from it, I think I've changed mine from let him walk to uh, bring him back. Well, not bring him back. Sorry. We've got bring him back, let him walk, or eh for the right price slash practice squad. I'm going to put him in that for the right price category. I believe, you know, in the United States of America that we we have a system of second chances 
And I would give the dude a second chance, but it's going to require a sit down with the front office as well as Dan Campbell about his attitude and the mentality that he, that he has. I think you give him another chance if he vows to change his mentality and, you know, for the right price. So that's what I have for CJ. I am similar to that, um, but I don't think he's going to have that sit down. He might have a word with Dan himself. But I think they want that attitude in the back, in the defensive backfield. They had a lot of young guys. You know, it seems like Kirby was almost following in his, st- in his footsteps there as of late. So uh, I, he was on a one-year prove-it deal, got injured. I think that he knows he's going to come back on another cheap one- to two-year deal. I'd rather see him go at this point. I, I'm sure they could get him cheap. I just – I he's too loud. He's just too loud and – I guess even if you're backing it up, it's, I don't know. He just doesn't feel like a fit for the team. I said in the last episode, in a locker room full of selfless guys, he's the most selfish. And I just, he doesn't feel like a fit to me. Yeah, he was on a one-year, $6.5 million contract with a $4 million signing bonus. Um, so with a cap hit of $2 million, uh last year. So... I don't know. I think if you can get in that same ballpark, I don't know. I'd entertain the opportunity to bring him back for the same price. Well, you want him for the same price? No, I'm, I just mean you know inflation running them up. Well, you said same ballpark. Same ballpark. I was thinking more like four or five. I'd accept him if they got him for half of that. Ooh, I see. I don't think that's gonna happen. Well, then see you later, bud. I agree. Um, however. I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to that sit down. You can have a sit down. I watched his live stream on Twitch the other day. He's back streaming again on the, in the off season. Um, Thank God for that. Yeah, nothing remarkable from old CD Deuce. So uh, yeah, jury's still out. But you know, I I don't know. I'd welcome him back if he if he had an attitude change. How about Romeo Oquara? I say let him walk. There's going to be a lot of competition in that room. He's probably going to come back to training camp and just not make the team. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna package deal this, and I know I shouldn't. I know I'm poo pooing on on the game here. I I think both Oquaras, yeah, practice squad guys. But like other than that, let him walk. It, I, Andrew's right. There's a lot of competition, a lot of talent. You get a lot of guys out of college for cheaper than you could probably get either one of them. So. Uh, package deal for another team. Nothing remarkable about either of the uh, either of the brothers. It feels like that this has been coming, and they just it's time to rip the Okora bandaid off. Didn't work out, and uh, you know nothing. Uh, not a big uh, void to fill with either of those two. Charles Harris, same category for me. I've got him as a as a walk. Uh, he showed some promise over the years, opposite of Aiden at times, but. Yeah, really just a lack of production. It's time for him to go. Agree a hundred percent. Just kind of it it is what it is, but yeah, I don't it, it, if you haven't contributed to anything on the highlight tape this year, see ya. <laughs> Heard that. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's talk about a little bit more dynamic one here. Emmanuel Mosley. He was uh the big signee last year. Um uh, from the 49ers, obviously had the second of two ACL tears, right, you know, three snaps in. So 
How do we feel about Emmanuel Mosley and how do we feel about his ACL condition? Have we heard where he's at in the process, uh, you know, injury recovery wise? It's a great question that you bring up. Um, you know, f- figure about a 12 month injury. Uh, I think he injured his first ACL last year uh, in about October, November. In that time frame, came back end of September, early October this year. So about 11 to 12 months. So, you you know, probably looking at about the same time return. I don't think he's involved at all in the preseason or week ones or one or two, probably. Uh, But maybe a target of week three next year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to, uh, to, to put it on him now, you know, you're going to have to see where he's at later in the year, come closer to training camp to whether he's actually going to get an offer and I think you can safely sit on it, too, because there's going to be several other teams that aren't willing to take that risk, especially after the back-to-back season ending. I think for the right money, I mean, the, the talent's not going to get worse in the secondary. It's really not. And if nothing else, it, it's tough to come back from those injuries, but it's someone who's proven that they can play at a high level in the NFL. So. Uh, I, I think depending on the contract for him, probably if they do bring him back, it's, it's probably going to be for cheap and on a one-year deal. Yep. Last year was on a one-year $6 million contract with a $2 million signing bonus. That price probably goes down. And, uh, you know, if you can get him, what do you think, Mitch, about half that? That actually feels right. I know for CD, it's probably a little pie in the sky, but... For for Mosey, someone who's really battled injuries, I can't imagine he's going to get a ton of looks. No, it's got got the little red icon next to him, just like uh, when you're playing Madden. Poor guy. That's that's so unfortunate. But uh, would would welcome him back in the Honolulu Blue. Another one that uh, a little bit more of a dynamic, not dynamic, but um, a little bit more of a highlight player. Graham Glasgow got him in a. Obviously, bring him back role. This guy was the first one that you started hearing about already in discussions, probably days, hours after the Lions lost to the 49ers. Um, this was the top guy. And, and obviously, the strong suit of this team was that offensive line. They're a pride and joy. So I think you got to bring him back. He showed what he can do. Uh, you know, last year coming over from the Broncos, filled in perfectly and uh fit that offensive line felt like he'd been playing in detroit for several years obviously he had a stint in detroit before but not with a lot of these guys that are in the current unit uh i think he's a perfect fit for detroit love to have him back i i'm gonna assume we're all in agreement on this one that uh he's a must need to get back and uh I, there's a couple other on the on the list that we'll get to, but I think we're gonna bring in a couple other free agents. I'm sure we'll get a couple other guys later in the draft as well. Uh, but I think this is one of the one of the rooms that needs one of the most areas of improvement. Mitch agrees. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, I, I talked about this last last week. Graham Glasgow is. Of the free agents on the O-line, I think he's the most important for leadership, versatility, the way he played above his contract. I, I think he's definitely one you got to bring back. And one of the oldest Lions at 31 years old right now. I think he'll be 32 by the time season kicks off next year. But on a young team, a 32-year-old is one of your oldest. He was the oldest starter, I believe, last year. Graham Glasgow is one of those guys where, like, 
I, I see him with his helmet off and feel like he's 10 years older than we are. Like he, do we do we look like that? Do we look like that, guys? I don't think so. But maybe. <laughs> right. I don't know. There's it's tough. There's a lot of guys like that. It's a tough, it's a tough grind, the NFL. Uh this one, Jonah Jackson. This one's probably gonna have some discrepancy between the three of us. We touched on this one last episode. Worried about his injury proneness. Um, how do we feel about Jonah Jackson coming back? I say let him walk. I, we did talk about this. Um, he's it's just a line. I'm gonna I'm gonna run you through something, Papa Burgundy. These are the games I think missed in the reason since he's been in the league in since 2021. Illness, back, back, elbow, finger, 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 neck, concussion, <laughs> thigh, ankle, 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 wrist, ankle, knee. Those are games. Those are games missed, I believe, since 2021. So he's got the gauntlet of injuries, and it sucks because he's super talented. Uh, but I mean, it's just a lot. It's a lot of games to miss. Uh, yeah, it's. I. It almost feels like I. And I'm with you, and I. And I could totally be persuaded. I think Ben sent me the stat that they're five and six without him, which is the stat I was sitting on. Um. But it almost feels like the smart move and one that like the old Lions would bring him back, but the smart Lions would move on and watch him go to another team and do exactly what you're saying. Probably get six games out of the next couple seasons. So um, I, I could easily see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, old Lions would probably give him a hefty contract, pay him too much money and for too long, and then they'd be stuck with all the dead cap for you know three, four years. And we'd, we'd be ruining it the whole time. Another offensive lineman, Haloti, uh, not Haloti, uh, Vitae, Big V, another injury prone dude. I don't even think it's for the right money. I mean, this is the one that has stuck around that Mitchell, this is, this is future Jonah Jackson in your eyes is what I'm <laughs> assuming. <laughs> it really um, is. So I, yeah, I think it's just time to go. Do you, do you want the same run? Do you want the same rundown for, for Vita, I don't even know if I have it. I feel like he's just like, how many games do you guys think uh, Vita played this year? This Four season? Or five? Yeah, this season. Uh, well, I thought it was zero. Three. <laughs> <laughs> well, you love him. You love him. He played six games this okay. year. But it, it's the same thing since 2020. Foot, 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 foot. Two concussions. We won't count those. Illness, knee, 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 back, back. Like, come on, the, brother. And and the foot, the foot I can get over, the foot I can work with, but the back and the knee. The back, you don't like the backs. Yeah, it's, that's not going to work. It's just unfortunate, but it's not going to work. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Hello, to Vitae. His name was too long to fit in the table, so I just put Vitae. Out of respect. Can you say his first name? Uh, let me see. I got to put it, pull it up here. Uh, Andrew, you try first. I'm not even looking at how do you say it, but I'm, I, I feel like it was like, like Holly, Halapaluti Vitae. Well, that's his first name. Halapaluti Vai. Halapaluti Vai. Vati. I don't know. 
Palapalutilata vitae see ya bye. How about a name that we can all pronounce? Ja or Josh. Dan Skipper, another offensive lineman. I think he's uh, one of those guys where I was saying, you know, that room is going to see a lot of improvement. It needs it. He's one of those guys like we saw in Hard Knocks where he's going to be on the edge every single year of being a practice squad guy or making the roster game in, game out. Uh, Okay. Dan Skipper, (laughs) bring him back. Especially if you're going to move on from Vitae and Jackson, you got to put it, provide more depth there for the uh, for the offensive line. That's uh, a shrinking room at this point. Yeah, I'm Ben's got it pegged. I'm I'm with Ben on this one. I think Skipper. I just assume Skipper's going to come back for the right money. So for me, Skipper's bring him back. Yeah, and I don't see him being a hot commodity. You know, I don't see other teams trying to go get get the guy. He feels like a Detroit guy and. Getting up there in age as well. Dan Skipper's another guy that you feel like is 45 years old, but in reality, hovering around 30, I believe. Crazy. It is crazy. Uh, Dan, Dan Skipper is the is the new, um, blanking on his name. He was the DN that I, I think in the Schwartz days, um, psycho looking guy, always had the red, yes. the red contacts, and he played like, he played the wide nine. Like yeah. every once in a while, Hutch will get out a little wide. What is it? What was his name? Because this dude was like on the sidelines, gearing up for a pass rush. God, I don't know. It's gonna bother me though. I want to say Vandenbosch, but I know that's no, like no, that's not. it. Kyle, is Kyle, it? is it Kyle Vandenbosch? It, yeah. I believe you guys just nailed it with your collective big. Fat, massive brains. Yes, Kyle Vandenbosch, and I've got a picture of his. He looks. He literally. He literally looks like the bad guy from a B budget film. <laughs> how do you? Where? How, yeah, like he looks like I. I I'm try, I don't have the picture pulled up uh, myself, uh, but I'm picturing like an off budget Goldberg. I'll put it in here for you guys. I was I was trying to drag it to the Discord, but yeah, good good right good at, point. Right at the bottom. That's not that's not Van A thousand percent of this. No, that's me. Oh, that's I'm in the wrong huh? document. Oh, I put it I put it in the <laughs> other document. You sneaky son of a gun. Yeah. I'm gonna Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off budget Goldberg. I'm gonna stick with my that's, that's pretty my guess. I'm uh I'm gonna queue up the next one because I'm I think i we're probably all the same, except Andrew didn't put an answer for the money badger. Nice. For the right money, because I think what they're gonna do, it's gonna be similar to this year where they'll bring him back, but they'll have a co- they'll have a competition through, at least throughout the off season. This is why I didn't have an answer because that's yep. He's that the it. only one on the roster. Kind of low level analysis from you. <laughs> that's what everybody comes here for. That's right. That's true. Uh, Josh Reynolds. I think you bring him back. I think he's a culture guy. He's he's been here through the rebuild. He's part of it. He's now feeds more into the system of chip on the shoulder. I put him in the camp of for the right money. I do agree with Andrew. He's been here since the rebuild. He's he's Goff's guy. Uh but at a certain point we need more on the outside than just 
the guy who's going to get first down catches because that's that's the sun god. And and we do need size, but I think if they go get go get someone in the draft and at least put some put some competition out there. I thought that was going to be DPJ, honestly. Um, but we'll we'll see. That didn't really pan out. I I would like them to bring him back. Donovan Peoples Jones, yeah, he's a he's a free agent, but he's not an unrestricted. I think he's a one of the other two categories. So he's there. Okay. Yeah, I think he's back. Um, but you're right. This is, kind of feels like DJ Chark last year. Chark do 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 do. Like you need you need to fill that position, but then again, like there's probably better options in the draft or free agency. But Josh Reynolds is already here, so it's like bring him back just to bring him back. I don't know. I do like the connection that he has with Goff, but it, it does feel like there's something more to to bring in that position. Like he's got a ceiling, so to speak. For sure. Yeah, we need we need a little bit of a higher ceiling. Exactly. Searching for it. Will Harris. This is probably my top one to leave. Like this if I had to circle a guy that I wanted out, this would be my guy. Sorry Will Harris, but uh a long time coming. This is this has got to happen. There's no way they can bring back Will Harris. Yeah, I'm I marked this wrong on mine. I I put for the right money. I'm definitely with you. It he's he's got to go. Gotta go. I brought him back just I would assume he's not gonna make another team, so he's gonna stick on our practice squad was my thoughts. Special teams guy, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. In a in the secondary room that is scant. Um you, you know it's bad when Will Harris can't even get playing time. Uh and Kendall Vildor is getting playing time over Will Harris. So that just speaks to what the ability of Will is. Jalen Reeves Maven, fan favorite. Special teams guy played some defensive snaps as well in some crucial moments. Uh, you know, uh, nominated for BAM's player a couple times there. Solid effort all the way around from JRM, Jalen Reeves Maven. Love to have him back. Uh, obviously a captain on this team and a, and a big player. He's one of my other, like, outside of Graham Glasgow. Like, that's the other one you go go and get. Like, depending on how the organization's going, they might go get Josh Reynolds faster. But uh, Jalen Reeves Maven was a standout on the team. I think he's like everything Dan Campbell looks for in a player. Oh, echo that a thousand percent. Nate Sudfield, probably my second one on the list of need to see him go. Nate Sudfeld, uh, yeah, let him walk. It's this is uh, Hendon Hooker's job. Uh, no more, no less. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys for sure. Um, he's got it. Like, what did he contribute? And I know he's the backup, so that's tough. And Goff, Goff had a good year, but I don't know what. I don't think he's a threatening backup or a backup that he's a backup that loses you games. We need just we just need someone that doesn't lose you games. Exactly. Matt Nelson injured for pretty much the entire season last year. I've got Matt Nelson as somebody that I'd like to see come back. Uh, just because of the lack of depth at that position uh, in, on the offensive line there at the center role. Sure. Compelling argument, right? Andrew, what's so funny, buddy? Uh, Mitchell's just being a child. Per usual. What, what do you think about Matty Nels? I think he's one of those other ones you got to, like he's going to be for the right money. But like I said, that offensive line, I, and it also really depends on his injury. That's 
Like I, I forget what it was, but he went out early in the season. And that was, I think, in that game where we lost a couple other offensive linemen at the same time. So it was, uh, it's just a room that just needs addressing in my eyes. Broken foot, I believe. Yeah, they. I think they need, if you bring Glasgow back and you get a couple of squatty bodies in the draft, right? Like, I, you don't want all rookies on your offensive line, obviously, unless they're like soul types. Um but they do need some. They do need some depth. They need some rotational guys and, and some more some more depth for sure. Long snapper Jack McQuaid from the L.A. Rams spent some time here with the Lions, filling in for Scott Daly, who was the long snapper for most of the year, or at least half of the year. Uh, good production out of Scott. Good production out of Jack McQuaid as well. Um, as far as I know, Scott Daly. Shout out him. Uh, he uh, had a successful surgery. So I think if Scott Daly's all checks all good to go, I think I'm okay with uh, Jack McQuaid leaving or just being a practice squad guy. Agreed. Like it just really depends on Daly's injury and his recovery. Uh, but if not, you keep uh, McQuaid for the practice squad. Yeah, I, I it's kind of like one of those. There's not a lot of there's not a lot hinging on it. It's not really like detrimental one way or the other. Um, I put bring back Jake McQuaid. I'm not familiar with Jack Ooh, McQuaid, but that's on me. We'll just fill that in with AI. Jake, not Jack. That's my bad. Just reading reading a little too quick over here. I'm with you guys. Do Scott Daly first, and and if not available, Jake McQuaid. And if not, his brother Jack will fill in. Yes, fact. His twin brother, Craig Reynolds. That was a that was a for the right money for me, which is probably dirt cheap. But I don't know. It's weird because they, I feel like they they put him back to return kicks, but he's not really a threat, and no. it's just kind of weird. Like he's more of a muscle back. So I, I guess if they get him super cheap, like he he knows the team, he's in the locker room. So I yeah, they probably bring him back, and he's very cost effective. Uh, I said for the right money, but who am I kidding? I mean, go back to Hard Knocks with this one. And I said, if we get, if we don't sign Craig, like, what does that say to who we are? You know, I still don't think they're past that moment, and Craig still resembles everything they are. They bring him back, and it depends a little bit on what they do with Zonovan Knight as well. He's not an unrestricted free agent; he's a whatever free agent. Um, so it depends on old Bam. If they bring him back, obviously not the same style back that Craig is, but, uh, you know, obviously can only keep so many running backs and, and we don't know what, uh, will transpire in the off season. If they'll, if they'll make any moves there in that room. Last two here just spoke about this dude, Kendall Vildor, the cornerback from, uh, the Chicago bears that they picked up mid season last year, uh, did, did have a few plays, a few moments, um, but ultimately just struggled. Uh, along with that whole secondary as a whole uh, shout out to him for filling in mid season and just, just, you know, being there um, showing up, but uh, you know, he was the lesser of two evils between uh, Jerry Jacobs and him. So I, I don't know. I, I'm I've, I've got him in the category of for the right money um, just because there's so much to, 
uh, Phil in that secondary, and uh, I think he's okay enough to you know play a backup role. I would agree. Backup is the perfect word. Go get somebody better than him, please. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want him. I don't really want him there. To be completely honest with you. What about just did nothing? Yeah, I appreciate your honesty. I don't know. I don't know if Thank did you. nothing is correct. I mean, he 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 had better moments than Jerry Jacobs, which isn't saying much. But he did have some. Yeah, it says nothing. <laughs> I don't know. It's it hard. To, it's hard to grade the cornerbacks on this team because they're all so bad. With Cam Sutton leading the CB one role, um, it's hard to evaluate what what really is going on in that defensive backfield. Last one. Jason Cabin, duh. Uh, I think he comes back just, and I mean, unless they find a better fullback. But I mean, it just proves that when they moved Malcolm to fullback, that they need a fullback for this offense, and especially with Ben Johnson coming back. I think Cabinda comes back as well. I'd like someone more versatile, uh, and I'm going to throw a name out that I obviously is reaching for the stars, but like use check at the 49ers, like. He is so much more versatile than Cabinda is. It's almost like you, you've you got to get more of a tight end type and then just slot him in the fullback position. I think that's what I'd prefer to see. So for me, Cabinda is a, a let him walk. You want Brock Wright to shift to uh, fullback or left tackle? Brock Wright's about to shift to, yeah, Brock Wright's about to shift to tackle. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think... Mitch, you bring up a very compelling point, which is somebody who is a little bit more versatile and diverse. Um, I don't know. It it didn't feel like the offense, you know, missed much of a beat when he missed a good portion of the season. And you brought in a guy that, you know, not even a natural fullback as a linebacker, Rodrigo, and, and did all right. I, I don't know. I don't know. The fullback market's so tight. There's not a lot of options. So it's hard to say. There's not a lot of teams that run a fullback role anymore. Um, so I don't know what the market is for, for fullbacks, but I guess if it's, you know, a team friendly price, um, you bring him back for nothing else, but, but a, a positional guy and, and a special teams guy at that. You just draft the next tight end from Iowa right. and put him in fullback. Honestly, it would be a, probably a better option, better hands, better blocking. I mean, Cabinda's had some big drops over the years. It, it, that's what it is for me. He's not a threat out of the backfield. Like you, defenses have its eyes on use check all the time because he can be used so versi- versatile. But with Cabinda, he's just a bowling ball out there. He's just a bigger Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got the draft talk next. That wraps up our free agency. Thought we maybe would have a little bit more discrepancy there, but you know, per usual, we're just all on the same wavelength. Uh, we're just you know a happy couple here, a triple. Um, draft. Thruple. Thruple. That's the better word. Uh, we'll talk more about the draft as we approach here in April, but um, wanted to float a question out to you all. Obviously, the Lions picking number 29 overall. What do you think the likelihood is that they uh, trade that pick and move up? It's, it's, I feel like it's really hard to say unless there's a guy. Obviously, Brad, if nothing else, Brad goes wants his guys. Like, he's going to get his guys. So, it just depends on on what's there. This to me feels like they sit tight where they're at. Number twenty nine is kind of weird, but 
Round one, round two, two round threes. That feels like Brad's about to do some cooking. Agreed. I think this might be the quietest we've seen them uh, movement-wise. And it's in Detroit, so. I think they move up, personally. I think there's a good likelihood that they move up to maybe the early 20s. You know, like pick 22, maybe, in that range. But then if you're if see like if you're gonna do it, give Detroit a reason to like go off. Like it because it is in Detroit. I think if you're gonna do it, go up and get someone like top ten. I think if you're gonna do twenty-nine to twenty-two, it, like I don't know, it moves a little bit. But like if you go up to the top ten, like it's up. For sure. And there may be a guy that they want at that at that point in the draft. However, I don't know. I feel like you have to give up a lot for a top 10 pick, right? Probably future, future ones. I feel like we're losing both those threes and we're flip-flopping ones if that's what we're doing. Yeah, I think it depends on what you want to go do. Yeah, you probably have to give, I mean, maybe you give up the one in both threes to go top 10. I don't know. I don't know what the going rate is. Or, or maybe you give up your first three picks to go get someone. Um, could be, could be higher than that though. Obviously people value their first round picks, especially inside the top 10, but you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I just think if you're going to do like go all in. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Brad's going to be going to want to be at the podium as many times as possible in Detroit. Right now they've got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks. Two of them in the third round, none in the fourth. So, yeah. And we know there's not an eighth round. <laughs> Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I just don't know who's the... It, again, it's it's so tough to say. Unless, unless there's like an offensive lineman that they really like. That Dan like just gets Dan going. That's still sitting there at like fifteen. I don't know. And they're like, all right, we got to go get this guy. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I thought the uh, tight end out of Georgia might move the needle for Dan. Oh man, I don't. It'd be insane to have Brock Bowers on offense, but it's like Laporta is already top two tight end in the league. No doubt. And then you bring him in. And then you got Brock, right? Got the double Bs, the Brocks. A white guy, isn't it? Or Zach Hurts. It's going to be a Brock show in the backfield there in the tight end room. My gosh. Battle of the Brocks. That'd be cool. Brock Bowers. I mean, I could see that guy. I could see Bowers on the... On the... He, he, is, he essentially works as an offensive lineman. Sorry. Well, you could bring him into that fullback role that we spoke of. I mean, he's essentially an extra blocker. He is a huge man, and he moves people. And he's a threat to as an offensive weapon. What more can you ask for? A cornerback. Like five cornerbacks. Five cornerbacks, a couple edge players, and a few offensive linemen to build up that depth. What more, what more do they need? Maybe some help at safety? More. More corner, just everyone in the secondary. Every play, every player declaring for the draft that's in the secondary, we should draft. <laughs> I mean, the only other thing is uh, somebody else out uh, opposite of Hutch. I mean, that's what everybody else is going to ask for. That's why I said edge. It helps out the. Oh, sorry, I didn't forget that. 
miss that. But I mean, it helps out the secondary. I mean, you can be a little bit weaker in the secondary with that with that presence. Maybe a kicker. I feel like that never works out. You know, like it Moody. never works out. You could say like Young Who. Who what? Moody was the only was Moody the only one last year that got officially drafted and not un, so. undrafted free agent. Because that's always the other way to do it. UDFA, UDFA route too. You could do that. Andrew, how's that going to work? <laughs> Mitch, you, I think you missed it. Andrew just tried to put his hat on with his headset on. Nice. nice. Uh, we got we got the one minute warning for you, Mitch. So uh, I think we got to get out of here. Am I correct? Yes. Good thing we're right at the end of the show then. Um, in the NFL, Matt, Mike McDonald, McDonald to Seattle. We talked about that and Dan Quinn to Washington. So all the head coaching vacancies are filled, fold filled. And uh, we have the Pro Bowl games today, which uh, I put in parentheses here if we feel like it. So I, I watched most of it. It was okay. A lot of lines showing up. Panay Sewell in the, uh, the, the first down pull, the, the whatever they call that. Uh, Sam Laporta in the end zone as well as Gibbs several times. And uh, yeah, that's all. That's all, folks. We'll be back on Wednesday for a Super Bowl preview. A little nugget for the Lions fans. It could be worse. It could be the Ravens who got the exact treatment that the Lions thought we were going to get. They lost lost in the conference championship and lost both of their offensive and defensive coordinators. Ouch town. Well, and and I don't want to make this into a big discussion because I know you got to go, but their locker room situation can't be good. There's got to be a lot of finger pointing after the outcome of the Chiefs game. Like, I feel like there's trouble in paradise. There's probably one person you could point the finger at pretty heavily. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Ravens not sitting in a good position. I, I, I don't know what happens for their future. And a lot of guys that are going to be wanting new contracts and, and guys that probably aren't going to be in Ravens uniforms next year, if I had to guess. Hopefully a couple of those defensive guys are in the Honolulu. Exactly. Precisely. Oh, I like the way you said that. Clip it. Clip it, Tommy. Uh, yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday, Super Bowl preview. And then uh, big things in the offseason. Big things coming in season three of the Lion's Share podcast. Growth, growth, growth. Uh, if you guys have any connections, uh, speaking to you shareholders, if you guys have any connections to the Lions in any way, shape, or form, not just players, just any connections to the Lions, you know, shoot us a DM or a text or whatever you want to do uh, and, and get us some guest interview. I think that's going to be part of the growth strategy for season three. Bring it on guests, either uh, both in the offseason as well as in season. So there you go. Uh, click the follow button on Spotify and Apple. Thank you all for being here. Rate us five stars. That's it. We'll be back in a few days, and then we'll be back to wrap up the Super Bowl, and we'll be back in March for free agents time. Let's go. Yeah.
it's like you when we get done with the episode you literally get home from work and throw your pants off so you forget that you have to unmute because there's no more you don't have to think about it